No, digitalization for the sake of digitalization is just, it, it's a disastrous plan because it's not a plan, right? Like, oh, well, we want to convert something into a digital record instead, just something that rudimentary. Well, that, that's great and all, but what are you, you know, are you thinking about the full of the system and the implications for for everybody involved? You know, what is this going to do uh, to, to scope, to schedule, to everything? All right, so super excited to do a, a podcast mashup with Wes. Uh, thanks for taking the time and, and joining, doing this uh, this cross pod. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for agreeing to do this, Todd. I think that I think this is going to be a blast for, for for really for me getting to talk with you, learn everything about podcasting from really the number one construction podcast out there. So looking forward to this conversation. Yeah. Uh, likewise. Likewise. There's there's so many podcasts coming up in the the construction scene now, so it's it's, it's really fun to to get to to mix it up with new people coming in and and hearing their perspective. I, I think that's what's so cool about construction is there's there's so many different perspectives and, and people entry points into the industry that it's it's fun to get to to sit and just learn and, and pick people's brains. Yeah, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. And and uh, this, like you were saying, this podcasting group, there are a lot more shows coming up just like mine. Mine's really new as well. Uh, but, it's, but it's an interesting community of people also. So yeah, again, just looking forward to doing this. Thanks for making the time. Yeah. So uh, how did you kind of get into the, the industry to begin with? Uh, I've been in construction since I was a teenager. Uh, really, you know, I was, I was actually on a show here recently told uh, a story. It dates way back to whenever I was in junior high and the town that I was living in, half of it got wiped out by a tornado. So I started helping my stepdad to rebuild houses in town. Uh, but later, you know, late teens, early twenties ended up, I was, I'd started off, I was a pipe fitter in a fabrication facility and while I was going to college. I was working two jobs. That was one of them. And whenever I was about 20 years old, I ended up moving to Texas and started building offshore oil platforms. Again, as a pipe fitter, at, after a little bit of time there, I became a foreman and general foreman, started traveling around uh, in different capacities for different companies on different projects built. LNG facilities, carbon capture facilities uh, for a bunch of different clients. And along the way, ended up uh, getting picked up by Shell, started doing inspection for Shell on some LNG facilities, liquefied natural gas. And then from there, I after a little while, I became a lead inspector, then a completions manager. And then I got pulled up to Pennsylvania on a large polyethylene facility where I was the senior inspector over piping, mechanical, all things welding, uh, coatings, insulation, structural, civil, really just about everything other than electrical. Uh, and I also dual headed there doing project management over all of their commercial buildings as well. Uh, so that's, that's kind of how my, my story through construction. And then after I left Shell to beginning of 2022, I started working here with Cumulus. I'd been actually a customer of theirs for about five years through Shell and uh, through the work that I'm doing with Cumulus, I ended up having the joy of starting the podcast. So that kind of brings me to here. Yeah. So how about yourself? How, how did you? Uh, uh, how did you get from the the field side of things? It, what took you over to the the dark side of of construction tech? Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> or the light side, you know, I, I'm <laughs> technology guy, so <laughs> maybe it's coming over to the light side. But <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a different sort of side. Uh, yeah, I guess. Kind of the the through the years of using the product, I guess to start it is 
the first shell project wherever I was actually a shell representative, whenever I was an inspector, I had just been made lead inspector and we were rolling out the, the flagship cumulus product, which is called the smart torque system. And just as any beta project, it had its kinks and a project manager on that job, uh, since, since I was the young guy, clearly I know technology. Uh, he, he came up with a Bluetooth wrench and a tablet set it on my desk and said, make this work. And he just walked away. So I started working around the Cumulus team. They're actually part of Shell's TechWorks division then. And I uh, got really, actually really interested and involved in it, helped them to get the product to a really good spot. And along the way, I actually started working with a couple of other technology companies as well uh, around some of the products that we were deploying on projects. Ended up taking this product with me up to Pennsylvania, whenever I went up there as well, and just continued, you know, building my relationship with the Cumulus team whenever they spun out on their on their own away from Shell, and I just continued to refine their product as well as a couple of other technologies. And I got really interested in the space again, coming from you know working on my tools to start, and then really working at just about every level and seeing the seeing construction from just about every angle. Uh, I see the value that technologies bring and I wanted, as I left, as I left, you know, working on the road, working construction, the conventional means, I still wanted to continue on that work and, you know, happily landed here at Cumulus. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so I, I come at the industry from, uh, 180 degree difference <laughs> and entry point it was, a. I like to say it's a happy accident that I stumbled my way into into construction. My whole background is in, in marketing and on the, the technology space. And uh, then nine years ago, I, I found a company called Applied Software, where I still am today, mm -hmm. uh, and lead their, their marketing team. But uh, coming in and Applied is, is all about construction technology and, uh, you know, really throughout the, the whole AEC and, and manufacturing industries. Uh, and, and then we launched the, the, the podcast about five years ago in a rough form of the Facebook live <laughs> series then that was, it, well, is what it is. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, it was so not one of those things, one of, not one of those things that you, uh, you, you promote and tell people that they need to go dig that up. Huh? It's one no, of those, no, no, like, no, eh, no. you probably shouldn't the early ones, but <laughs> <laughs> it was our, 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 uh, sandbox that, that we were testing things out. But, uh, originally when we, we launched it, honestly, we thought we were going to be the, the full AEC and, mm -hmm. Coming in biasly, I thought it would be more architects than on the construction side. I thought architects would be more willing to to talk. And what yeah. I found was the direct opposite is that construction people were super willing to talk, uh, especially when you get into the, the MEP trades. They were like, yeah, let's share everything that we know. Uh, and, and so just through the course of the conversations, fell in love with the, the industry even more. And, uh, you know, I, I get the... Uh, pleasure of being the the dummy in the the room and be like all right i'm gonna ask all the stupid questions that are out there and you tell me what you know uh and so that was, has been a really cool experience to get to see the industry from all these different vantage points and and, and hearing different perspectives of it so I, I can come in kind of as a uh, objective third party almost and and see the the bigger pictures and where the the, the pitfalls are without having the emotion attached to it because uh you know i haven't experienced the uh the on on the ground in, in the field in, in the way that everybody uh 
has communicated to me. So I just get to kind of synthesize all these uh, pieces right. of information coming at me. Right. So you don't have your own biases around, oh, no, that's not yeah. how I would have done that. You just get to sit there and be like, oh, wow, that's really interesting. And, you know, you, right. you say that, you know, you get to be the uh, kind of the, the dumb guy in the room. You know, one of the things that I found, because I got to be honest, you know, really getting into construction, uh, at least making a, a full career out of it, we'll say it was a, was a happy accident for me as well. This is not what I intended on doing with my life. Uh, I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. Uh, but but kind of life happened. That's a that's a big left uh, swing. <laughs> it's very different than what I'm doing now. I can tell you, I'm I'm certainly not a surgeon. But uh, you know, even even all things considered, uh, after after just being in the trades for quite a while and, and doing everything that I've done, even still, that's the thing for me that that was always really striking is that there are so many people that you know they, they'd start doing this whenever whenever they were teenagers, and now they're in their fifties and sixties that. The amount of knowledge that they have is is, is striking, uh, like it, it is it is unbelievable. And and you know constantly, I would find that even in my most seniored positions that I've held and and where I am in many ways the subject matter expert, I'm still not the smart guy in the room. I have so much left to learn, and that's for me. That's why I enjoyed starting the podcast. This is something that I've wanted to do for a long time. I've I've always learn from talking to others. That's, that's what I, even whenever I was starting off as a pipe fitter, I'd, I'd finish up what I was doing and then go find somebody else and, and figure out what they were doing so that they would teach me something more and something new. And, and I like to, to just ask questions. Uh, so getting to do that in a forum like this and share it with other people, I think is just amazing. Yeah. That's what I really like and appreciate about the construction industry is if you come in with the, the humility of like, Hey, I don't know this, but I'm, I'm willing to learn and, and hear what you have to say and, and kind of your perspective of it, people are, are really willing to take the time and, and explain it and, and show you and walk you through it. it. It's when you come in and say, no, 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 I, I know that. I, I got that. When you don't, you're found out right. real quick. Right. In construction. So why even try to pretend it? You know, like I always tease, you would not want to walk into a building that I put together. It would <laughs> collapse down on you, but <laughs> I, you know, you just want it. So I am super grateful and appreciative of, of people in the industry that can do all this amazing stuff because without the construction industry, society falls apart. And I feel like construction doesn't get its, its due in the, the, the public sphere is, is what it, it really deserves. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, they, they'll say the words, the words skilled trades, but not really understand that, uh, there, there is a lot of skill to it, right? They don't, they right. don't really appreciate the aspect of, of the technique and the knowledge that it takes in order to do a lot of this work. And again, I'm probably somewhat biased because, because I did it, but really and truly it, it is, there's a lot, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. And, People take this kind of lowbrow approach whenever it comes to construction, but whenever we're talking about these are these are organizations that that many of them are doing. You know, the, many construction companies these days are multi-billion-dollar companies. Mm -hmm. You know, if we approach that situation, if we approach that just that snapshot of information from any other angle, people would be like, "Oh wow, that's impressive. Oh wow, you're you're working within an organization like that." But if you say construction, people kind of, eh, well, it, you know, that that's no big deal. You're just you're just you're just building buildings. Oh, anybody can do that. It's Legos, but it's not. It, there's there's a lot there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. Why do you think that stereotype is so prevalent? I think that it's largely to do with the fact that you you end up getting to this position uh, where you know people 
it's almost a it's almost binary people go to college or people get into the trades mm-hmm. and if you don't go to college you're kind of seen as you you don't have the same level of intellect mm-hmm. and for for better or worse however people formulate their own opinions that's their business but uh you know i i have a degree i got a degree along the way i continue going to college online just because you know as i as i start something i want to finish it uh and I can tell you that I learned an awful lot more in the construction trades about how to interact with people, about how to manage people, about about really, you know, uh, honestly, anything and everything about about how how force works on a building and and all sorts of things. And as I learned far more than I did just getting my degree. But I don't yeah. know, what's what's your perspective on it? You're that's something that I'm really intrigued about with with someone you've you've been hosting a show for like you said, you know, coming up on five years now, and you've talked to a lot of people in the industry. You're coming in with this this third person perspective. Uh, what's what's your take on it? Did you have yeah. you had uh, I guess a, a shift in your perspective on the industry since starting your show? Yeah, for sure, for sure. There's been a big shift. Uh, I came in with some of the, the frankly the the biases uh, against construction as because I didn't know any better. You know, mm-hmm. that's. Uh, so this is because of my marketing background and just the, the way I, I view the the world through marketing and imaging and, and branding and all that stuff. Uh, there's obviously a huge marketing and branding problem in construction, mm-hmm. and, and that's what's leading into the skilled labor shortage and, and not being able to attract new people into the industry. And I, I've been really fascinated by that. I, I pulled that cord. My listeners are probably rolling their eyes if they hear me say that the marketing problem in construction because i talk about it all the time right uh but it's prevalent and and what i really mean by that is construction does frankly a bad job of promoting and showcasing what is actually happening in the industry they leave it to other people Mm -hmm. to tell their story for them and if they don't give an accurate representation of it then those those people have no idea what's happening uh right. so construction the onus is on people in the industry to share the technology that's in the space the the innovation that's in the space the the creative problem solvers that are here in the space and um that, that's actually a, a aspect that has been uh, a, a very eye-opening experience of like oh there's there's tons of creative problem solvers in the industry and when that light bulb went off, it was like, that is the dumbest thing that that is taking me by surprise because obviously you have to be a creative problem solver to build a building. That's the very nature of everything that gets done on a day-to-day basis. But for some reason, uh, I don't think I'm alone. It, it, uh, the the lack of seeing that uh, on the surface. And yeah, anyway, that was a long no. ramble, but I think construction has to own their story more. No, that's a really interesting point too, because you know when, whenever I was leaving Shell, right, uh, I'd been I'd been in the construction industry about fifteen years at this point, and mm-hmm. I had made up my mind at the end of this project, I'm resigning. I'm going to, out of the the ten years that I've been with my my wife, we've lived in the same state uh, at that point, about four and a half of them, because I was traveling all the time. So I was just like, yeah, it's time that I probably have a semi normal life. Uh, I had this I had this personal dilemma because. I never thought I would be able to find another job that was as dynamic and would have the, the sort of the sort of requirements that that working on a multi-billion dollar project has mm-hmm. uh, just because 
because there's every single day, you know, you, there's, there is some pretty high amount of brain power that goes into solving the complex problems that are there. And I never really thought about the fact of, you know, we, we don't present that well. You're right. You're absolutely right. But what could we do to, to, I guess, better brand ourselves? What can companies do to better entice people in, in high school and in college to go to the construction trades, uh, to get into the industry in some fashion by, by, by promoting these aspects? Yeah, I think there's a twofold thing. A is exposure and mm going into even earlier going into elementary schools and, and middle school i think by the time they get to high school it's too late everybody's really already made up their mind on that binary choice if they if they haven't been exposed to construction by the time they get to you know junior year then that they probably have already baked whatever their biases is either way they've baked that into the equation so you got to get to them earlier and there's something just inherently cool about construction my my seven-year-old is just mesmerized every time he sees a, a construction site and we'll sit there and right. watch it for hours if we let him in he has in fact watched it for hours <laughs> in, in the past uh and there's something really cool about that and so i think we have to go into elementary schools and, and middle schools and and show the cool side of construction and, and not just what you see on on tv and the uh, you know, bad stereotypes and, and raps that construction gets on, on TV. So that's the first part, e exposure and, and go young. Don't be uh, afraid to, to go into middle school and uh, elementary school. The, the second is the, the storytelling aspect of it and being able to, that's what really grips people and, and convinces people and pulls people over to your side if they can relate to a story. Uh, and everybody on the job site has that ability to tell a story we we all have phones you know close mm -hmm. by us we can there's social media is prevalent nowadays we're all basically brand ambassadors of whatever company and, and job site that we're on even if you don't think that you are you are especially if you're on like something like linkedin and you're associated with the company you're 100 percent a brand ambassador of that company um, so don't be afraid of that and, and kind of own it it's a, it's a really cool superpower almost that people in you know a decade ago that they didn't have that ability to uh, be able to to own some of the brand of a, a huge you know multi-billion dollar construction company right now we have that ability and now the responsibility and the onus is is more on everybody as well too to, to take up that that calling yeah those are really good points i hadn't really thought about it in that way uh especially in and then there's also the aspect of of what it is that that you're doing here right uh giving people a platform in order to share the stories on something like a podcast the audience is slightly different at that point uh but yeah i think that you're right with also going in early going into elementary schools middle schools junior highs and and kind of sharing some of that that appeal and and really promoting the trades it's it definitely needs to start young. Yeah, for sure. It, you know, you mentioned the the podcast aspect of it. Obviously, most of the people that listen to, to my show, I'm sure your show as well, too, are already in the industry. Right. Uh, so those two areas don't apply. But what I have found interesting is is people will say, you know, oh, thanks for sharing the, the innovation that's happening, even within inside the, the industry, mm -hmm. because it, it's so easy to feel like you're kind of alone on an island and podcasts even that are meant for the industry 
it, it is encouraging to them of, hey, there there are other people that are out there doing really cool, amazing things and, and helping to, to push the industry forward. So keep charging. You're, you're not charging that hill on your own. There, there's a whole army alongside of you. And uh, a lot of times it, it can feel like, oh, it's just me doing the grind and it's this is useless, but it's it's not. And so I, I think podcasts have a, an awesome, obviously I'm incredibly biased, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think podcasts have an awesome ability and platform to, to really kind of bolster the the troops if you will yeah i agree and it, it's interesting too because at the same time when everybody's always saying you know construction is a really small world everybody knows everybody it's it's amazing how small of a community it is you can always find somebody that you're connected to if you meet somebody else but at the same time projects are so siloed and we have no idea what everybody else is doing and some of that's by design, right? There's intellectual property. There's there's various reasons why it is that people don't let don't don't share this information. But yeah, it's it, you're right. Yeah, and, and now I'll I'll uh, share the sentiment. I'm biased as well. Now hosting a show, podcasts play a pivotal role. Everybody needs to listen to podcasts, especially the Bridging the Gap podcast. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I agree. It's it's great getting to share these stories and uh, just continue to spread the message. Yeah, absolutely. On, on the technology side, I'm curious as you have kind of shifted over into software and, and tech space, what have you seen uh, as far as the the industry maybe getting wrong when they, they seek to implement new software and tech? Getting wrong. You know, one of the things that, and this is a recurrent message, you know, I, I imagine you've had people on your show already that have said the same thing, that, you know, some of these companies that are popping up, they're, they're really a solution that's looking for a problem. People really need to start off with a problem, identify, you know, what the, what the available options are for the technology, and, and then go outward from there. One of the things that I do see a lot, though, that I, I think is interesting, I see why it happens but also working for a company that specializes in construction technology, I, I see it the opposite side as well. There are a lot of homegrown solutions that are being developed right now within companies that it seems really inefficient to do it. And what I mean by that is, is there are companies that, that will, will replicate effectively the same system as what another private company is doing right now. And, and they'll pay to maintain that system and also to construct it, to maintain it, to, to, to carry it over and, and you know, manipulate it from site to site to site to make it applicable for all these different use cases. So they're, they're having to build up a significant amount of resources to, to do this when they could literally just, just go slightly further outward and say, well, why, don't, why don't we procure this system that already exists? And, and part of the reason why they don't is because they don't know what all is out there and available. Uh, you know, awareness of the construction technologies that are present, I think, is very low. And and honestly, in my opinion, that's one of the areas where 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 we tech companies are doing a bad job. And and uh, you know, where where different sites could be doing a better job as well of of sharing their success stories, because. I think that brand recognition of some of these different companies is extremely low and it's really impeding people from finding the solutions to the problems that they might actually have. Yeah. Well, it's also really overwhelming too, because there's so many construction technology companies that are out there and more pop up every day. It seems right. Like. So uh, how, how do you keep up with the, the new technologies coming online? 
Uh, in some ways, I don't. Uh, at this point in my career, I will say that one of the things that I'm, I'm more interested in doing is, is refining our process as best we can, I guess, is a kind of, uh, in that's that in some ways that's short-sighted, but in the, some, in other ways, you know, I really focus, I, I've always been this way. I do everything I can to focus on the problems that I have directly in front of me. And whenever I get to a position where, where I and them, where I feel then that, that everything is is bulletproof, resilient, and perfect. Then I will I will you know begin to 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 extend outward and look for more fires to put out. Uh, but in the, I feel like the reason why I do that right now is because because honestly, like you're alluding to, there are so many different technologies that pop up every single day, and then you know you have everything else that's in the common sphere of of the Chat GPTs and AIs. It can become a yeah. distraction, uh, and if something is if something is needed, uh, if something is worthwhile to integrate into our system, or you know, if this is is something that that I would want to share with with somebody that I worked with on projects before, because you know, I still talk with people that are that are on projects all over the world, and and we talk about potential solutions. Uh, then then somebody else will bring this to my attention. I'm I'm rather confident of that at this point. Somebody else on my team anyway. Uh, but what about you? How do you? I mean, you you work for a construction technologies company as well. How do you? Uh, just absorb the the sheer magnitude of products that are out there on the market these days. Yeah, well, I mean, I agree. I don't think anybody can <laughs> keep up with right. them individually by themselves. It's there's just too much, uh, and then you add up all the the updates to the existing software. You, you're never going to be totally it's, up to it's speed impossible on, on everything out there. Yeah, uh, so I, I think you got to kind of specialize some and and what you're you're looking at and the this uh, the range that that you're looking at uh i also really encourage people to figure out what their north star is and, and mm-hmm. what they're trying to get out of the technology or what they're trying to get not out of the technology but what just workflow wise and then start working backwards from there i think the one of the biggest problems that that we experience a lot with our clients is they're they're just trying to throw software at a problem, but they right. haven't really thought out where are you trying to get to and what are you trying to accomplish. And mm-hmm. uh, as a big fan of, of technology and, and software, if you're just putting software in for the sake of it because the other guy's doing it and you were told that you need to, good luck. You know, it's, it's not going to yeah. go well for you. You got to have a plan. You got to have it mapped out. You got to have a, a long roadmap and, and vision for where you're going to go with that and how it's going to solve a business case, not just let's implement this shiny software and pray and hope it's going to solve all of our problems because it's not it's more than likely probably going to create more problems and and headaches for you when you don't have that plan when you do have that plan it goes a lot smoother it's not perfect it's uh, there's always going to be bumps and bruises along the way but it's a lot smoother for sure yeah hey innovators do you want to help inspire the next generation of architects, engineers, and builders? Applied Software Great Tech Group does too. In fact, they have launched a scholarship contest and need your help spreading the word. If you know any students or teachers who could benefit from the contest, tell them to visit asti.com AEC scholarship for more information. Applied Great Tech is giving away over $1,000 to help students pursue their dreams. And we need your help to make it happen. So what are you waiting for? 
Let's make a difference together. No, digitalization for the sake of digitalization is just, it, it's a disastrous plan because it's not a plan, right? Like, right. oh, well, we want to convert something into a digital record instead, just something that rudimentary. Well, that that's great and all, but what are you, you know, are you thinking about the full of the system and the implications for for everybody involved? You know, what is this going to do uh, to to scope, to schedule, to everything? Mm -hmm. I agree completely. And, and I, how does it play with other software that you already have in your tech stack? Because so you could have two awesome pieces of tech stack, but maybe they're in conflict with each other, and then they both fall down. Uh, so you don't want to do that. You know, you, you gotta you gotta really think it out because it, yeah. it could be a major headache for you. Right. So I'm curious, I'm curious, Todd, what are some of the lessons, I guess, the biggest lessons that you've learned as far as like, you know, software implementation, technology implementation on, on sites, uh, just from hosting this show? And are there any like recurrent themes overall that you end up seeing from, from the conversations that you have? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's one of the big ones is plan, plan before you, you do things, take time to really create that, that white space. And it's hard. I get it. Uh, you know, everybody's moving so fast that it's, it feels like it's wasteful almost to, to take time and sit down and, and think through and plan it out. But I, I challenge that on, you don't have the time not to sit and really map it out and, and plan it out because it's just going to bite you later. And you're going to spend more time trying to fix the messes and problems that were created that you, you could have flushed out a lot of that on the, the front side. So take time on the front side. As, as far as a lot of themes that, that have popped up over the, the years, uh, yeah, your your basics kind of a, a interoperability and, and how to connect all those platforms together. Uh, how do you uh, really leverage the, the data and then create sustainable workflows or, or modular construction and, and prefab and everything that's happening there as well too. But what I'm always kind of amazed at is inevitably, even if we're on a, a pretty technical conversation, all roads seem to lead back to people. Even in construction, which on the, the surface is like, no, no, no. Uh, it, it does, and it's the soft skills that are needed. How do you communicate really well with somebody else? Uh, I'm going back again to me kind of coming in as the objective outsider. Mm -hmm. It's It's fascinating to me because I can hear where like architects are coming from and I can hear where GCs are coming from. And then when the subs are coming from and I'm like, yeah, that's really annoying. And the, these pains that you have dealing with these other people, but do you realize you're kind of saying the same things? You're just using different words, but what you're trying to get at is the same. And then it's, it's fun to kind of see those light bulbs go off of like, yes, I, I haven't thought of it from their <laughs> point of view and, and perspective. And so it, the industry is, it, it seems like there's all this conflict within it, but when you pull it, the onion back, you're, you're really all going through the same pains and the, the, the shared problems and stuff uh, that if, if people would, would come in and, and communicate better on the front side of a, a project and, and lay out their goals and put the, put the weapons down <laughs> at the beginning, I, I, that wouldn't do everything and it wouldn't be a, a silver bullet and, it's not a, a kumbaya kind of moment, but I, I think seeing that the other side, if you will, as a, as a person will eliminate a, a lot of 
pain throughout the, the project because everybody's working to the same goal. There's different perspectives and different ways to go about it, but the end goal is all the same. So um, all, all roads tend to, to lead back to, to better communication skills. I couldn't agree more. You know, the first project wherever I worked as the client, I actually, I was working for the contractor and uh, the contractor that I was working for, we finished up our scope of work and I was, I, I was leaving. I was going to uh, go to a different project actually with a different company. I was going to take a role as superintendent working for a buddy of mine. And, and as I was walking out, I ended up running into one of the, one of the shell guys and he's, you know, where are you going? I was like, I'm going home for a while first, and then I'm probably going to Houston. And he said, "No, you're not." And he, you know, ended up sent him, sent him my resume. Got picked up by Shell. Anyway, the the point of that is, is so I worked as the contractor, and then I worked as the owner on the same project, and then there I am working as the owner, and and hearing the the like the inverse reciprocal of everything that I was just hearing whenever I was working for the contractor, right? Just like, you know, yeah. uh, we're the good guys. This is the problem. This is what we need to do. They're the bad guys. And then, and then you turn back around, you're working for the owner now. And then you hear that same thing. It's just like, wait a minute. So if I, if I can interject real quick, uh, they're saying the exact same thing. You are just so you're aware, uh, there's a disconnect in here. I just, and, and it's, it's so interesting to see exactly what you're saying that, that if you, if you just stop for just a second and see the other person as a human, if you, if you think about yourself in the other person's shoes and it was easy for me because I literally was right. Uh, if you think about yourself in their shoes, you can get to the answer. You can get to the end result. You can, you can de bottleneck whatever it is that's holding you up and, and work to an effective solution. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more communication somewhere in there is entirely flawed. And we have these, these biases and these, these ideas around, you know, who the other person is before we ever even meet them. And, and that needs to change very much needs yeah. to change. Yeah, for sure. And even, something as, as simple as the terms that people use. Uh, like, again, I get to come in and be the, the dumb guy. So people use the term and I'm like, all right, what do you mean by that? Uh, people will use the same acronym and same term differently. And you're like, oh, well, this is the same. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get your definitions here, right. but okay. Now that I know your definition, I can start talking and go down this trail. I, I don't know if that's the right definition, but you're using it this way, so I'll go with it. Uh, and I think that leads to a lot of frustrations because if you don't stop and say, all right, what, what are you actually meaning by whatever phrase that you just said, then you're assuming based on what your definition is of it. And that can lead to a, a lot of, you know, what happens when you assume, uh, <laughs> it doesn't go to a good spot. So taking the time to slow down and ask those kind of dumb questions of what did you mean by that? How do you define this? I think that would solve some of the, the bumps along the way there too. You know, I agree. And it's one of those things that, and I know we all do it in our, even in our personal lives. Right. Uh, but I, how can I say this? It's interesting with, that most people, whenever they're they're in these roles, whether they're whether they're just a tradesperson, whether they're they're superintendent, project manager, what, contracts person, whatever they are, they assume that because they're in that position that they have to know the answer to whatever it is that the mm -hmm. other person's talking about. Whether it even if it's something just as simple as you know an acronym, an acronym, what is it that what is it that you mean by that? 
people just take, okay, I can assume that I know what this means and they walk away and they can, they can get things drastically wrong. Uh, but if people would just take this approach that almost like they're learning a new language, if they're in an environment that, that somebody's speaking an entirely foreign language and over time you'll pick up on this. I don't know if you've ever been in an environment like that, but you know, I, I, I worked in South Texas for a long time where, where, and I was on, on night shift on a project where 85% of the folks were from the Valley and probably half of around half of those folks spoke Spanish as their primary language. So I was surrounded by people and I spoke a little bit of Spanish at the time. I'm pretty fluent in it now. And, uh, you know, I, I had to be to be very uh, aware of of what I don't know. And just, you know, you get used to asking the question of, can you repeat that? Can you explain that? You know, what did you just say uh, just over and over and over again? And then, uh, you know, so and then there was a time that that I had a bunch of roommates that were all from India and I was learning to speak Hindi because I like languages uh, and the exact same thing. Right. Well, what can you explain what you mean by that? Even the, just the simplest of words. Can you repeat that? Uh, yeah. And if you take that approach with kind of everything on site, you don't you don't have to know everything. Uh, like you said in the beginning, if you take this approach of humility in the construction industry rather than being this kind of proud, bullheaded sort of person, you can get a lot better. Uh, you can you can learn a whole lot more and people will respond to you a lot better. We can, if you take that same approach with your contractor as an owner or with your owner as the contractor, things will actually go a lot better than you seem to think. You know, people aren't mm -hmm. just going to turn around and smack you in the head for it. They're they're going to want to help. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, to put it in in more real terms, I, I'm amazed that a, a concept as uh, seemingly you know widespread like BIM. Mm -hmm. for the industry i have asked what is bim uh, to people and i will get for anything from oh it's a software that you use to it's uh you know a full-blown all things digital you have no paper anywhere mm -hmm. in your workflow at all everything's in the model and everybody's connected to the model working in real time i'm like those are <laughs> and the the BIM side of like yeah we're we're just kind of we're taking our paper and we're just sketching it out in in CAD and something you're like those none of that <laughs> falls in the same definition those are drastically different uh, so I, I think it, it it's super helpful to to take time and be like okay now I, this is what you mean by BIM we're we're way back over here at the starting line that's helpful for me to know in context and then we can slowly start marching over to you know, where BIM actually is, but if, unless I, I stop and I, I know that they're over here at the starting line, then I might be talking way out of left field. And they're like, oh, this guy's crazy. I have no idea what right. he's saying to me. You know? so. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, Hey Todd, I wanted to ask a question, uh, kind of personal for me. You, you started off as a, uh, Facebook live uh, kind of podcaster and and you continue to 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 expand this out and grow it and turn into the podcast that it is now you know you're and you're on how many episodes have you released now uh we're right around 200 that that's incredible good work to you and the team uh how did you how did you grow the show uh as you have and how did you how did you kind of continue to to, to pursue down that path did you ever have times where you were like, you know, am I, should I even be doing this? Is this worthwhile? You know, how's that, how's that gone for you? Yeah. Slow and steady is <laughs> how that went. Uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a fun, fun journey. Uh, it's the, the guest, uh, I will always point back to, to them. That's what makes the, 
the show is bringing on these these really cool thought provoking people throughout the the industry and and just again having that that humility to uh learn from them and, and get their understanding but uh as far as like some practical stuff uh, social media has been huge linkedin was as our our greatest friend uh it's also my uh i, I tease it's my drug of choice it's <laughs> <laughs> maybe a problem. Uh, <laughs> but I, I love LinkedIn and being able to, to connect out to, uh, other people and other, uh, just like hearing the stories that, mm-hmm. that come across my, my feed and reaching out and being like, Hey, love what you're doing there and striking up the, the conversations. Um, that's been, that's been really helpful to expand my network and, and be able to, to reach out and, and see what else is going on in the industry. Um, uh, that, isn't in my sphere that I might not be aware of. Um, yes, yeah, slow and steady and consistency on the, the podcast for sure. Yeah. Are there, are there any other tips you'd give to, uh, if say by chance you were talking theoretically to a, a person that's just starting off podcasting, is there, are there any other tips you'd give? Uh, the, the consistency is the biggest you know, people. It's, it's funny because they feel like with the podcast, they, they build it into their schedule. So I've had mm. people say like, you know, we post every Wednesday morning and they're like, I know, you know, Thursday morning, the podcast is already going to be there and I'm going to listen to you while I'm working out. I'm like, Oh, that's kind of weird, but go for it. You know, <laughs> that's what you, that's when you want to do it. Cool. I don't need to know that, but, uh, people build it into their schedule. So having a consistent time and, uh, kind of sphere of, um, topics and stuff that, that you talk about. And then as a thing that I had to honestly wrestle with for the the beginning of it was the imposter syndrome of, you know, I, I come in not with a construction background yet. I'm talking to these incredibly smart, awesome people throughout the, the industry. And I was like, well, uh, I, okay. Uh, I mean, I like talking to people, so that's fun for me, but, uh, I, I had to kind of overcome, I, I don't have to know every single thing that they're talking about. Uh, I, and I've learned a ton over the years of, of listening to people, but, some stuff still totally goes over my head and that's okay. I, I don't have to be totally in the know on every single thing. I can, again, ask those kind of stupid questions and just seek to, to learn and, and hear their story. And that, that I, I do have a, 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 a voice that, that can contribute to the conversation, even if I don't have the, the firsthand experience exactly like they do. Yeah. I think again, you know, the fact that you don't try to act like, you know, it all, uh, taking that more humble approach i think people can respect that a whole lot more uh even people in the industry we're we're pretty bad about this idea that we act like just because we've been on site we we know everything uh and and that that doesn't do anything to earn new friends so yeah. <laughs> no i think uh, i think yeah i've i've listened to to quite a few of your episodes you you do you do a very good job so uh whatever you're doing keep it up and yeah, I appreciate, you know, if I, if I meet anybody that happens to be starting up a podcast, I'll be sure to give them the feedback that you just gave. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's uh, yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a fun, it's a fun ride. I, I think if, and anybody that is, is thinking about it, then go for it. The water's, water's great. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, so here's one of my favorite questions that I love to ask guests. If I could give you all power and you could snap your fingers and innovate one thing in the construction industry, what would you choose to innovate? Hmm, that's a good question. 
I think one of the areas where we have the biggest shortcomings is oftentimes getting material on project at the right time, uh, the right material at the right time. And, mm -hmm. you know, whether that's because something turns out to be a longer lead item than they thought it would be, uh, whether that's, you know, yeah, so it ends up being not all of the components are on site at the right time, what have you. I don't know what this solution would look like, uh, but if there was a way in order to solve that problem, either through innovations to be able to, to better predict, you know, we have these components, we will have these components at site with a higher level of certainty and to be able to map the, the plan accordingly. I think solving that problem effectively would, would end up keeping people far more productive. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I'm saying this from my own personal experience and from what I've seen on, on site for you know, 15 years or so. Uh, one of the areas where, where it, it always just killed me was whenever we would start working in a particular area and we would have seven out of eight needed components and we would, we would find out midstream that we need to, to pivot and go on to something else. It just creates unbelievable levels of inefficiency. And being able to effectively solve that problem would 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 streamline projects and be able to get things built, I can tell you, a whole lot faster. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, agreed. Uh, what is really the, the, the most frequently cited issue that you think that people aren't really attacking, I guess? Is there, are there any issues that you, you, that you hear, I guess, reoccurring themes that you're hearing from people that, you know, they're screaming, we have these problems, but, but nobody's really identifying uh, potential innovative solutions for it? Mm, that's a great question. Uh, the, the thing that's popping into my head first thing, so gut reaction uh, is interoperability uh, of how do you take all these great softwares and, and platforms and, and get them to, to talk to each other and funnel the, the information seamlessly through uh, each one. You know, there's, there's so many data silos that these uh, awesome softwares are, are, are creating. And then you have the, the problem of the GC has a particular software that they use, which is different than the subs, which is different than the owners, which is different mm -hmm. than the architects. Mm -hmm. And so how do you get them all on the same page? You know, the, the industry is starting to talk a, a good game of open dialogue and, and uh, you know really connecting all those all those dots. But then we're also hand tied in that not all the softwares and platforms are, are talking and friendly <laughs> with each other and wanting to pass that that data back and forth. So that's it's creating a, a hurdle or you're having to do multiple entry uh, depending on the the project. And so being able to to streamline that and simplify that that would that's a it's a big lift but that's a a needed lift i think that's once we are able to make some, some good strides in that area that's going to really help level up and kind of create the the next uh, evolution of a software development for the industry mm, yeah i definitely agree with that yeah there, there are all these as you were pointing out earlier right there are all these great systems that are popping up right now but you know, if they're not able to effectively work together and work to one culminating end goal, then just like a, a contractor and a subcontractor that are kind of pulling in opposite positions, uh, you know, the systems aren't necessarily going to get you. They're not going to be really as valuable as they could, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I think there's also a lot more, and this is something that, that my, my CTO talks about quite a bit, and 
Uh, I think that there could be a lot more standardization in the way that we that we manage data, mm-hmm. and also even you know we we work a lot with Bluetooth tools. And I guess if I could pick, there's a number two thing that that I would snap my fingers and innovate for, right? So uh, could Thanos snap twice? I, <laughs> I don't know. If that, I don't know if it works like that. Depends on the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, you know. We, we we keep doing a lot, and I've said this I've said this with a bunch of people in the past. You know, we keep doing a lot in order to improve, I guess, how we manage projects, but we're not doing a lot to change how we actually get work done. And that's one of the things that I really liked about you know Cumulus and the work that we do is because we are helping to inject ourselves directly to the field level to actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, supplement the way that work is getting completed and assure that things are being done in, in, in an appropriate manner per the procedure, capturing the right information, automating some processes, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and again, my CTO talks a lot about, well, like Bluetooth protocol for different types of, of tooling. It's it's not standard. And if we had uh, kind of uh, an, uh, like an ISO equivalent to this is the protocol that you shall use for these types of devices to where, you know, it would, it would probably actually create more competitors for us, which, you know, that, that wouldn't be too good for us. But at the same time, I think that it would actually really help the industry because we would, able, we would be able to have these, these platforms that serve the whole of the project and can get all the way down to uh, the boots on the ground level to really change the way that we do things because you know we keep talking about we have a labor shortage we we have all these projects that we need to build and not a whole lot of time to do it and you know fundamentally yeah we we can come out with all these technologies to help again to better manage projects and there's a lot of value in that certainly but you know if we're not if we're not making the guys go and your guys and gals go any faster with actually executing tasks then we're very quickly going to run out of uh, ability in order to improve processes and, and cut down on scheduled time. So uh, I think that standardizing the data so that these systems can communicate a little more effectively would be be a huge win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, that makes a ton of sense for sure. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thanks uh, for taking the time. I, I, this was really fun. I, I enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, me too. We should uh, we should do this more often. I uh, and and periodically I I go to Atlanta. So if anything, I'd like to we can stop in see each other and I'll get a there we can go. have a drink sometime. There you go. I like it. <laughs> Invites always open. <laughs> Appreciate that. If you're ever here in the Midwest, by all means, reach out. Let me know. I'd uh, be happy to see you. Bridging the Gap is hosted, directed, and produced by Todd Wyant. Edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an Applied Software Great Tech Group production. Copyright Applied Software Great Tech Group 2023.